Uh, with that, please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23, and Mr. Dave will be reading our passage and teaching us today. Psalm 23, please stand for the reading of God's word. Some of you probably don't even need to look at your Bibles, you've got this one memorized. Psalm 23, verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures, he leads me beside quiet waters, he refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely, your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Please have a seat. Well, it's good to see you all after a, a break last Sunday for me. And as Mark mentioned, um, you know, Labor Day represents, I think, officially this transition from summer to fall. Some of you have kids that have already started school, so fall's already kicked off. For some of you, the transition from summer to fall is completely seamless. There's no difference. Um, for me, this, this weekend has always been significant. Um, even the weather has shifted for us a little bit. And, um, you know, if you're not a Southern California native, we don't have seasons, but to the Southern California native, there are subtle changes that take place. <laughs> that I, I, I told my wife that I woke up and the shade of light has changed, honey. She's like, oh my gosh, really? <laughs> But I feel it. I can tell. Fall is here. It smells like school again. I can feel it. And uh, so we thought we would take, before we launch into a, a fall series, we're going to go through the book of Luke this fall, look at Jesus and his ministry through Luke. Um, but we thought we'd take this, this day as a transitional time to take stock of our lives, to step back and just kind of observe where are we, and to do that together with the Lord, as, as Mark just said. And we're going to use this uh, most famous of Psalms as a way of doing that. And what I'd like you to think of today is I, my goal is to facilitate a conversation between you and the Lord, okay? So I'm not a preacher today preaching a message at you. I'm a facilitator. I'm uh, going to give, offer us a reflection, and then you will get out of this what you choose to bring to it. Um, but I want to, and will throughout this time, create space for you to engage with your God, wherever your life is right now. And hopefully, my, my prayer is, and we'll do that through the, the imagery of this psalm, my, my prayer is that um, you'd use that space to share with him, like, what is on your heart? What are, you, what are you thinking and feeling these days? And to go to him in prayer with those things. And then ultimately, even more, I, my hope is that space is created for you to hear from God, that God would... Meet us today, each one of us, in, in such unique ways according to what's going on in our lives. He'd reveal himself as our shepherd, uh, and we'd hear uh, his voice through, through his word, through his spirit. Um, so that is what we're going to do, and I just invite you, it's up to you today, <laughs> what you choose to invest in this, but I really want to encourage you to bring yourself, uh, wherever that is, and the great thing is you don't, you don't have to leave anything behind you walk through those doors. We don't forget 
anything about our lives, when we come in here, we bring it all to the Lord. That's what worship is. So um, that's what we're going to do. And so I'm going to start by just creating a little space to ask you, as the season shifts, um, what season are you in right now? in your life, like just take a moment to take stock. Maybe you want to think through the last three months or so, the summer that we've had, or just the last even couple weeks. But um, if you just take a moment to be still and to, to ask yourself, okay, where, where am I? What, what is going on? And we don't slow down enough uh, to do this, but to go, okay, like what, what season am I? What, what is happening, right? What's the stuff of my life? Where's my heart and mind these days? And, and let me just give you some of the images uh, of the psalm to help you think through that. Um, this psalm depicts various scenarios or you know, uh, places we might find ourselves. So in verse 2 and 3, you get these very positive images. You get this image of lying down in green pastures or uh, drinking and being refreshed by quiet waters. Um, in, in spiritual language, um, we call that um, this thing is off, is what we call that. Uh, we call that um, times of consolation, okay? Times uh, of uh, where we experience rest, or maybe we experience a time of peace or God's provision, uh, blessing, refreshment, right? These times of consolation. And you might be in a season of consolation. You're experiencing this in your life these days. And then, of course, in uh, verse 4 and 5, we get two very different images. Uh, verse 5 gives us this image of walking through a very dark valley. We, we memorize it as the valley of the shadow of death, right, in the old King James. But it's really the darkest valley. Uh, image of going through a dark valley. Or verse 5 gives us being in the presence of enemies, so dark valleys and enemies. Uh, in spiritual language, we sometimes call this times of desolation, um, times of confusion, times of grief, times of loss, times of fear and anxiety and pressure, uh, burdens, as, as Mark mentioned. So you get these two different pictures, and, and I want to just start, I'm going to just stop talking and give us a second to take stock of our lives. Where, how would you characterize your life in this season as we hit this Labor Day? And I, I would say, for many of us, it will probably be a combination of these things, right? It might be, well, man, my family life has been really amazing and fun, a time of sweet consolation, but work has been a time of burden and anxiety, or you know, financially, it's been this time of great provision, but health, it's been this time of, of lack. So uh, acknowledging that there is um, probably, it's always a combination, but take stock and, and actually take a moment and present yourself to the Lord. To the Lord, this is, I'm just confessing. I'm just speaking the truth of this is where I am right. There's no judgment on this. This is just what is. Take a moment with the Lord, address him and say, this is what, it, this is what life feels like for me right now. This is where I'm at right now. So just take a moment to do that. So Lord, here we are, your sheep, uh, finding ourselves in whatever place we find ourselves in. And, and we pray, would you be our shepherd today? Would you be our shepherd in the season of our lives? Would you guide us? Would you lead us? Even now as we engage you over these next 20 or so minutes, we pray in Jesus' name.
Amen. So my prayer is today that wherever you find yourself, however you answer that question, um, that the deep truths of this very familiar psalm would, would penetrate your heart and mind today. All right, let me focus on uh, the first phrase here of this psalm. I'm going to spend most of my time on this phrase. The psalm begins, the Lord is my shepherd. All right, and I want to start with that last word, shepherd. All right, that's the key image, of course, of this psalm. We are sheep and God is our shepherd. This is written, of course, by King David, who himself knew a lot about shepherding. Uh, he, before he shepherded God's people, he was an actual shepherd. He was the youngest of his brothers, and he spent time with sheep, taking care of sheep out in the uh, ancient Middle Eastern uh, locations, places. And my guess is when he says shepherd, the image in his mind is a little different than the image that comes up in our minds when we think about sheep and shepherd. I think for most of us, when we think of sheep, uh, we come up with an image something like this, some sort of pastoral scene, you know, in uh, the rolling hills of New Zealand or something. So you've got lots of greenery, right? Uh, you've got usually lots of sheep together in a big flock. Actually, there's usually no shepherd in sight, right? It's just sheep. They're grazing. They're hanging out. It's peaceful. It's wonderful. Uh, if there is a shepherd, it's more like a rancher. It's someone who shows up on a horse with a dog, and they kind of push the sheep to where they want them to go. Okay, uh, David would have a very different image of sheep and shepherds uh, based off of living in the ancient uh, Middle East. I think his would look something more like this. Uh, this, this man here with his shepherd. So um, you're in Israel. You're in a uh, fairly arid, um, drier desert climate. Uh, not so green, of course, though in the springtime you get some good green. Um, but really, you get a very different picture uh, if you grew up in the ancient Middle East of what shepherding is all about. Um, you get, um, yeah, well, you, there's the, the flocks are much smaller. Um, uh, shepherds don't push their flocks in the ancient Middle East. I've actually seen this. Shepherds literally lead their flocks. So you might have a flock of 10. Uh, the shepherds know each one of the sheep very intimately, and they follow closely. And there's a lot of dry desert there. And so you, the, shep, the sheep are very dependent on the shepherd for water and pasture and safety from wild animals. There are a lot more wild animals uh, 2,000, 3,000 years ago than there are today in that area. Um, Jesus, in his great um, depiction of himself as the good shepherd, actually helps us understand how ancient shepherding went. Let me just read you this and just think of this in terms of practically what shepherding looked like in that day. Jesus says, the shepherd enters through the gate. So there's a gate where there's all these sheep, various flocks. Uh, and then the, she the shepherd, he calls his own sheep by name. Okay. So there's a bunch of flocks, but he goes to his flock and he calls everyone by name, right? Spot, Flopsy, Cottontail, and all these names. He knows them all by name, right? And he leads them out, and they go out for the day. When he has brought out, out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. This is how it works. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Okay, it's a much more intimate relationship. Less sheep, they actually follow him. They know his voice. He says they'll never go to a stranger. They don't recognize the stranger's voice. So it's this intimate relationship. Um, so here we are. So just to clarify, you are the sheep, okay? God is the shepherd in this, in this image. And there's implications in this metaphor. There's implications for what life is like. And the implications are life is, is kind of dangerous, actually. 
Life is precarious. Life is unknown. Uh, life is not easy. Life is not easy to live on your You need somebody to guide you. There's implications uh, for us <laughs> as sheep that are not particularly flattering, I would say. Um, but sheep, you know, are not particularly bright. Um, there's stories of like sheep just following each other off of a cliff. Okay, this happens. Um, sheep uh, don't have a lot of natural defenses. They're not particularly fast or ferocious. They can't really protect themselves that well. Sheep need a shepherd. And there's implications about what it means to be human, that we, we need a shepherd. And then, of course, there's the great implications, most of all, for God, that he is our shepherd, that he knows each one of us intimately by name. Uh, that he longs to lead us and guide us in our daily lives. He longs to um, give us rest. He longs to protect us. Uh, he longs to provide for us. Okay? He, th- there's, there's big implications for who God is. He longs to feed us. And so when David says shepherd, he's saying, you know, there's someone who knows me. There's someone who is leading me and is feeding me and is protecting me and is, is guiding me throughout my life. I have a shepherd. And then, of course, just to, to go to the first word of the verse, he doesn't just say, I have a shepherd, but what does he say? Who's his shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. Now, if you look at your translation. Anytime you see Lord in all caps, like you do the capital L, capital O, capital R, capital E, that is an English substitute for the Hebrew personal name for God, Yahweh, or some people pronounce it Jehovah, okay? That is God's personal name, Yahweh, that gets translated Lord, all caps. So David is saying, not only do I have a shepherd, um, but Yahweh is my shepherd. Or maybe to, to make the emphasis, he's saying, my shepherd is Yahweh. Not only do I have a shepherd, but my shepherd is none other than the living creator of the universe, the all-powerful, all-wise, all-loving, all-knowing, all-present God, the God who we saw this summer is the covenant maker who enters into a relationship with his people, who stands by his people through thick and thin throughout the centuries, and we know who ultimately entered into human history in the person of Jesus Christ and gave his life for his sheep. I have a shepherd, and my shepherd is none other than Yahweh himself. So you take those together, Yahweh is the one who is my shepherd. And no wonder he says what he says next, therefore I lack nothing. I have everything I could possibly need. Sure, life is hard, but the creator, God, the covenant maker, that's the one who's my personal shepherd. Surely I have everything I need. And so I want to just pause after that first verse and have us reflect again. And I want to reverse the order and hear David say, my shepherd is Yahweh. And there's other shepherds that people could choose for themselves. Um, You know, David in Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Remember that one? Where does my help come from? My help comes from Yahweh, maker of heaven and earth. Now we hear that and we go, oh, David looking at the beauty of the hills and saying, aren't they pretty? It reminds me of God the creator. That's not what David's thinking, I don't think. He says, my eyes look to the hills. The hills were the high places where people would sacrifice to their various gods. So in the ancient Near East, there's all these gods, right, in the high places where you'd go to raise your Asherah pole and you'd worship the Baals. So David's looking up at the high places and he's saying, yeah, but but where does my help come from? Well, I've chosen Yahweh as my God, maker of heaven and earth, not these idols that can't speak or, 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 you know, or hear. 
And so the question I want to have us ask ourselves is at the turn of this season, uh, who is your shepherd? <laughs> who have you chosen lately to be your shepherd? David is saying, Yahweh's my shepherd. Um, and what I mean by that is, is who have you been counting on to lead you, to feed you, to provide for you, to protect you? And I don't mean what's the right answer on the piece of paper, right? We're in church. The answer, Jesus is my shepherd. But like, practically speaking, this summer, right now, this week, who's your shepherd? Who have you been relying on? Like, where does your, where does your heart go to say, this is what I'm counting on. This is what I'm wanting to lead me, to provide for me, to protect me, okay? And the answer may be, uh, there's some other human being that I'm looking to. I'm looking to my spouse. I'm, I'm looking to this leader. I'm looking to this person. I think for most of us, if it's not God, the answer is, uh, it's kind of been myself, actually. I've been looking to myself lately. I mean, when push comes to shove, I'm going to provide. I'm going to guide. I'm going to move. I'm going I'm to make decisions that I want to make. And for, for me, that's, that's what I feel is as I look at my life, I'm like, so often actually Yahweh's not the shepherd I'm looking to. It's, it's myself. It's, it's some set of principles or disciplines or values that I'm trying to live by, thinking if I can live that way, if I can live well, that's what's going to protect me and get me through. But that's very different than letting a person, a personal God, lead you for him to be your shepherd. And so I want to just take a moment, let's just pause again, and I want to ask you, who, has your, who is your shepherd right now? Who has your shepherd been lately? Who are you counting on? Who are you relying on, practically speaking? And, and spend a moment just to engage God. Where is God in that? Have you been actively counting on him, trusting him, waiting for his leading? Or have you been shepherding your own life? All right, just take a moment, again, just be honest. This is, this is what is the stuff of my life right now. And so let's take a moment and just ask ourselves and, and spend time with God, who is my shepherd in this season of my life? Take a moment. All right, so let's, let's just real quickly walk through these verses. Let's let the imagery of these passages come alive and be the, the thing that helps us to interact with the Lord. So um, as you look at the passage, really there's two things that Yahweh our shepherd does in this passage. The first is he leads us to these times of, of rich consolation. And the other is he, is he is with us. And he even blesses us in the midst of times of challenge and trial and desolation. So let's look at the consolation first, and we're going to spend some time just thanking God. So um, let's look. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. 
And then verse 2 and 3, as I mentioned earlier, we get these two beautiful pictures of God's provision, all right? I want you to try to enter into this. First one, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Here, I'm going to put a lovely image up. I wish I were there right now of green pastures. Uh, And he leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes, or I learned it as he restores, but I like refresh better. He refreshes my soul. So I want you to picture, um, I don't think any of these sheep are actually lying down, but the, the idea of lying down in green grass, okay? That is obviously, first of all, an image of rest that Mark talked about, right? It's an image of, you're not running away, you're not hiking, you're lying, you're restful. Uh, and then if you're a sheep lying in grass, it's also an image of provision because there's food for you, right? There's all this food, this rich food to eat. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a picture of rest, but also provision. And then those, those quiet waters and being refreshed, of course, is an image of, of refreshment. Again, of, of provision, of taking in um, various blessings that, that restore and refresh our soul. Now, David uh, lived a very busy life. We know this as king. He was always on the move. He had lots of things to do. But apparently, even in the midst of all that busyness, God must have at least periodically or regularly led him into these times of rest and refreshment, of provision, of peace. And so I want to take some time just to, and you've already done this a little bit on the front end, but get specific. Um, Where have you experienced the consolation of God in this past season? Again, whatever you want to do, the last month or the last last three months, um, where have you experienced that? So where has God given you rest? Uh, Maybe you've had some really restful time. Maybe you've had space this summer from some of the usual busyness. Maybe you've had vacations that created uh, a time of of rest. You've had space to relax. Uh, Where has God, let me ask you this way, where has God fed you um, this in the last season? And that could be literally, maybe this season has been a, a time of really good food. You've had some really good meals and good drink and, and rich fare uh, with friends and family over the last season. But God, that's God feeding you. Um, but maybe he's fed you spiritually. Maybe he's fed you um, with his word. Um, there's been passages that have been coming alive in you. You feel nourished by God's word. Or maybe he's fed you with times, just these rich times with friends, these wonderful dinners together or, or times together. Um, where has God fed you? And, and then one other question, how has he refreshed you? What has been refreshing in your life? Have there been some refreshing people that have come into your life recently? Have there been some refreshing, refreshing conversations that you've had lately? I want you to get specific in your mind. And, and let's just acknowledge all that stuff, whatever that's been in your life, God is the source of all of that. He's the ultimate source. He's the provider. He's the giver of all good things. And so I know for myself, it's so easy to experience all these really good things, especially in the summertime, and not to stop and actually give thanks to the giver. It's like, God, thank you, and stop and pause. And there's something beautiful about giving thanks that actually completes the joy of the experience. It rounds out the experience because you're acknowledging the one who gave you the experience. So let's do this. Let's just take a moment. And, and in your mind, get specific and just actively, specifically give God thanks for all the good things that he's brought into your life over this last season. Name them specifically and, and, and call him out as the giver of those things. Take a moment to do that.
Lord, you're so generous to us. I mean, you give so many good gifts every day. And if we have eyes to see it, every day is filled with these beautiful um, expressions of your love and your faithfulness to us. And so we, we together now just say thank you for the ways that you've fed us lately, that you've refreshed us, uh, that you've given us rest, that you've provided, that you've been generous. And it's these tangible blessings that we have experienced. We give you thanks. Amen. Okay, and then as I said, how's this going so far? You guys able to engage this? But, yeah? Okay, good. I know it's a little different rhythm than usual. Um, so then let's move to these, what I've called these times of desolation. That word's a little dramatic, I think, but uh, times of trial, um, times of uh, challenge. Again, ch- uh, verse four and five move from these this beautifully love, lovely scenes to these much more challenging images. Um, and, uh, of course, the promise through the psalm is that he's with us in these times, that he's uh, even blessing us, as we'll see, even in the midst of these challenging times. So uh, verse 4, as I mentioned, uh, let me read it to you. Even though I walk through the darkest valley. So let me give you an image of a, of a dark valley that you might find in the Middle East. Um, I want you to picture it. Uh, it can be dark because it's dangerous uh, or because the way is unknown. Uh, the path is unclear. Um, there might be some enemies. There might be some wolves out in the back. They don't have wolves there anymore, but they used to back in the day. Um, it could be dark. It could be lonely. Um, it could be dark for all sorts of reasons. It could be cold. Um, David certainly knew uh, dark valleys in his day. And... Um, and some of you are going through some really dark valleys right now. You, you experience life as walking through a dark valley. And let, let me just identify what, what some of those valleys might, might be specifically. For some of you, it's, it's a valley of loss and grief that you've, um, you know, you've lost somebody or there's something in your life that, that has been taken from you and, and you're grieving that loss and it can't, you cannot replace it and you feel the, the grief of that. Um, some of you are walking through a valley of doubt. Um, you're doubting uh, really big things in your life that you used to believe and you're not sure what you think anymore. And that feels scary and uh, feels dark. Um, some of you might be going through an emotional dark valley and you're discouraged, you're depressed, uh, and uh, your, your emotions, it just feels dark and heavy and you feel the fog creeping in. That's what I experience sometimes. The fog just creeps in over my psyche and I can't see clearly anymore. Um, some of you might be going through a season of lack. There's just, there's the provision that was there isn't there. It's dried up uh, and you're feeling the lack right now. And then some of you, it might be just dark. It's the, the way forward is un, unclear. There's confusion. You're going through something and you need to make decisions and it's not at all clear what the right decision would be. David knew those valleys uh, probably better than most of us. And it's interesting, the promise here. Uh, of the shepherd is uh, not that he would just take us out of the valley, unfortunately. Uh, what is the promise? Look at verse 4 of the second half. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil. Why? Here's the promise. For you're with me. You may not remove, take me out of this valley, but you're with me. You're right there with me in this valley. And your rod and your staff comfort me. You're a strong protector. And your presence transforms this valley for me. Sure, it's hard. Sure, it's dark. But I don't have to be afraid because you're right there with me. 
And then in verse 5, he gives us another image. I'm just going to keep this image up. But it is, um, look at verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's a picture of being surrounded by enemies. So you might think, again, as I mentioned, maybe there's this picture of these wolves are gathering on the, on the fringes to come and, and invade the sheep in the valley. Um, David knew enemies, <laughs> I promise, more than any of us ever will. I mean, he had people that were out for his life. He knew what it was like um, to live in the midst of his enemies as king of Israel, this tribal, ancient society, all sorts of enemies um, there. Uh, for us, uh, some of you, your, your recent life has been an experience of living in the midst of enemies. Uh, and those enemies um, uh, could be actual people. They might be uh, people at work have become enemies for you. Uh, for some of you, unfortunately, uh, members of your own house, your own family may feel like enemies right now. For others, uh, they may be larger cultural enemies, uh, various enemies, but you, 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 your experience is, man, I feel like I'm surrounded by enemies right now. That's what life feels like. Uh, the promise of the shepherd here, of course, is, is not necessarily to remove all the enemies, just as it wasn't to get us out of that dark valley. I wish that were the promise. But look at the promise, a very interesting image here. Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. So the image has changed a little bit from shepherd to now, now God is like a host and David is his guest. And God is inviting David into this meal, a time of fellowship with him. He's, he's anointing his head as he comes in and he's, there's a cup that's overflowing and there's this table of good fare laid out. God is, is providing. He's being hospitable to David. He's providing a feast for him, but that feast is happening right in the midst of his enemies. And he hasn't removed the enemies, but he's blessing him. He's providing even in the midst of a life filled with enemies. And so that's the promise, not to remove the enemies, but to continue to bless, continue to provide, even in the midst of enemies. And so as we think about those images of a dark valley and enemies, um, the promise is he's with us. He provides. He even blesses, even right in the midst of those challenges. He may not remove the challenges, but he's there, and he's providing. He's leading and guiding. So um, let's take a moment uh, to just identify some. So if you would close your eyes, and um, why don't you identify one particular challenge uh, that you're facing? Maybe it's the one that's most pressing on your heart in this season. Again, it could be grief, it could be discouragement, it could be fear, it could be an issue at work, an issue at home, it could be just about anything. But what I want you to do, if you would, you've got to kind of go with me here, but I want you to visually imagine yourself with that, whatever that issue is, imagine it as this dark valley that you're in right now. Or you might want to imagine those enemies that kind of surround you, if that's how you feel it. But just feel it for a second. Um... What is, what, is that, what is this issue creating in you? Uh, it might be fear or anxiety. It might be uh, confusion. It might be sadness. It might be discouragement. It might be fatigue, just being tired, frustration. What is that? And feel that for a moment, like be in that. And then in accordance with Psalm 23, as you, as you feel that, as you're in that valley, um, just remember and picture yourself all of a sudden realizing um, that you're not alone, that someone is, is 
right there with you, and, and you're realizing he was actually, he was there the whole time. He's been there through this trial. He's been with you at your side. He, of course, is, is your shepherd. And as you see him, you notice he's, he's a shepherd. He's strong. He's good. He's loving. He's wise. And he's looking at you in this valley. Uh, he's got this, he, this look of love for you. He's smiling with this loving smile to you. And, and um, you can tell he already knows what the outcome of this, this trial is. He already knows how it's going to go and what's going to happen. But he's going to walk with you through it. And if you would, just let's enter into a time of prayer. Have a conversation with him in the midst of this trial. And here's the first part of the conversation for you to talk to him. And I would encourage you, simply do this. Tell him, what do you need from him right now? Like, how do you need him to shepherd you? Just get specific and, and just be honest. Like, this is what I need from you right now. I could really use this. And that might be, you need rest. It might be, I, I, need, I need courage, right? My heart is, is, just doesn't have courage. I need your courage. Or maybe it's, I need your wisdom and your guidance and your discernment. Or I need your perspective. Or I need... I need your joy to come into this situation. Or I just need a break from this situation. Whatever it is. What do you want him to do for you? Your shepherd. Tell him. Ask him. Be clear. Be specific. And then, this one might be a little harder. What do you think he wants to say to you right now? As your shepherd, you, you know the, the themes of this psalm. You know parts of his word. But what do you think he has to say to you in the midst of this trial right now? What do you, what do you envision him wanting to say to you? Is it, is it, it might be a challenging word. Uh, it might be a very comforting word. Maybe it's a very surprising thing. But what, as he looks at you in this valley, as he's with you, what do you, what do you imagine that he might want to say to you right now? Let's finish up with uh, verse 6. I'm reading just the first half of verse 6 for you. Let me read it to you. In light of all that's gone in the, in, the, in the psalm, this image of shepherd, what God does as our shepherd, David ends this way. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I want to walk into the fall with verse 6 sitting in our hearts and minds. Uh, David says, uh, in light of who God is as my shepherd, he says two things are going to follow me. First, goodness. Uh, good, that word, the Hebrew word is a short word, the word tov, T-O-V, tov. 
and good shows up right at the beginning of the Bible, right at the, the creation account. God creates things, right? God creates the light, creates um, the sun, moon, and stars. Oh, let me get that off. Um, and what happens? And God saw that it was tov, God says a bunch of times, tov, tov, tov. And, and it's good, it's beautiful. It has order. It has meaning. It has purpose. And God, the scriptures say throughout the, the, the Bible, God is good. And David is saying, well, if God's my shepherd, then surely there'll be, there'll be goodness all the days of my life. Uh, it'll follow me. The goodness will be there. Things with beauty and order and meaning and purpose will be with me. Sure, some badness will be with me too. But, but goodness, if God's my shepherd, goodness will follow me everywhere. And then the other word, this is the word, this is the, this is the word of the, of the day. This is the word of the month for us. Uh, your goodness and, what's that other word? Mercy, you might have translated. That's how I memorized it. Here my translation says love. I actually think love is probably a better translation. It is a word we've heard a lot about. It's the Hebrew word hesed. Um, Craig Hill taught on it this summer. Chesed, you can give it a little guttural to make yourself sound like you know what you're talking about. None of us do. Um, chesed uh, is a word that... Um, is almost impossible to translate with one single English word. So it usually gets translated as steadfast love or loyal love or faithful love. I would argue, this is just me speaking, chesed is the most important word in the Hebrew scriptures. If I had a single word to summarize the Old Testament, the word is chesed. Okay, chesed is God's loyal, steadfast, faithful love to his people. Hesed is not a, a, just a feeling word. It is a very gritty word. It's a gritty, uh, earthy, uh, stick, sticky, you can't get rid of me kind of love. Okay? And we've seen all, all summer, God makes covenants with people and he sticks by his covenants. He stands with his people through thick and thin. But Hesed is the kind of love that a spouse has uh, toward the end of, of a marriage when, when his or her spouse is, you know, going, their health is, is degenerating. And, and this spouse is just there to care and to watch over and to basically be the caretaker day after day in these thankless ways. That is, that's chesed kind of love. Or it's, it's the kind of love that a parent has for their child who's being wayward and is making bad decisions and just being challenging. And yet a parent who stays by their son or daughter because there's no way they're going to let go of them and is always there no matter what. That's chesed. Chesed is what, what a, a good friend shows us when we're going through a hard time. Those friends who really stick with us, who are there, who are calling us, who are checking in on us, who are just present with us, that's chesed. It's this loyal, faithful love. And God is a God full of chesed. And David says, well, man, if Yahweh is my shepherd, and I know who Yahweh is, then chesed, that faithful, loyal love, will follow me. Goodness and love, tov and chesed. And I love what he says. He says, they will follow me. Follow is honestly not strong enough. The word is, they'll pursue me. Eugene Peterson's the message says, God's uh, beauty and love will chase after me all the days of my life. Wherever I go, these things will pursue me. I will not be able to get away from goodness and love all the days of my life. I mean, if God is my shepherd, if Yahweh's my shepherd, sure, there's gonna be challenging times, there'll be hard things, other things will follow me too, but goodness and love will never fail to follow me all the days of my life. And I love, and I wanna end with the first word of this verse, verse six. The first word is what? 
Surely, he says, surely goodness and love will follow me. This is like the first psalm I ever memorized as a kid. I memorized this in kindergarten. I remember memorized it. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. And I'm in my five-year-old mind, there were three things that would follow me all the days of my life. Surely, goodness, and mercy. And I never knew really know. That's how it, that's how it stuck in my mind. Surely, goodness, and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. So I never really knew what, what, what surely was, but I knew that these things would follow me. But I have come to, uh, in, in especially this summer, so appreciate Shirley, <laughs> the, the meaning of Shirley, that if God is my shepherd, then surely, it's this note of hope and confidence and optimism, for sure, surely these things will follow me. Yes, I know, bad things are going to be there too, but surely I will not be able to escape goodness and steadfast love. Wherever I go, they will hunt me down. They will track me down. Why? Because my shepherd is Yahweh. And for me, this summer has been a time of great refreshment and rest, and I'm learning to live in the surely. And this anxious heart is learning to live in the deep goodness of a God who is getting emotional, but has you know, just called me to himself and has chosen me and who has promised to be with me through everything. And so when new challenges present themselves, and, and the heart does what it does every time a new challenge presents itself, it's to, to, to feel the surely in this. Yeah, this is going to be hard, but you know what? It's really going to be okay. Like, surely. The, the, surely this will, be, this will be true. And so I'm learning to sit and swim and breathe in the surely of having a shepherd who is Yahweh. And I, I of course, chose this psalm because of, of my own journey this summer and, and wanting us all so much as a community to experience the Shirley <laughs> in whatever season we're going through right now. And, and how beautiful would it be as a community if we moved into the fall with this strong, hopeful sense of, yeah, life's hard, it's hard, but surely God's my shepherd. I, la- I truly lack nothing. There are things I would love, but I don't need them. I lack nothing. God's my shepherd. Surely I will never escape his goodness and his love. So let me pray. And then, and, uh, well, let me pray. And then uh, we're going to worship our, our shepherd king. Lord, you're such a good shepherd. And <laughs> we have such a hard time letting you be our shepherd. It's a crazy how quickly our hearts try to take control again and we try to lead and guide and feed ourselves when you're always there saying, I, let me lead you, let me shepherd your life. Lord, would you um, just meet us today? wherever we find ourselves. Um, Would you be our good shepherd? Lead us, shepherd us. Free our hearts to be your sheep. Uh, Give us the easy yoke of of letting the burdens, of not carrying them on our own shoulders, but laying them at the foot of your cross and um, finding rest and refreshment there and knowing that you have it all under control. And you're working for our good. And you love us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.